you're welcome. Because my dinner is also three hours from now. So if you, I have to suffer. You have okay. to suffer. Okay. Well, there are snacks in the break room. But we're on desk. Yeah. Anyways, hi yeah, everyone. Hey, this is the Semi-Bookish Podcast. That's all I really have for the intro. Hi. Hi everyone, this is the Semi-Bookish Podcast. Adrian District Library's podcast. I keep promoting this podcast to people. Oh, good. And so people keep going, oh, well, I'll check it out. So, you know, if you're one of those people, you should totally, you know, just come back to the library and let me know you've listened to this and maybe I'll give you a piece of cake. So if they were to come back to the library and to let you specifically know, what would they need to call you? And what Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Aaron. I am the supreme overlord of the library, a.k.a. <laughs> the local history librarian who, you know, lords over everything that has to do with the history in this building. Um... And, uh, yeah, that is my title. Uh, so if you were to come into the library and tell me, hey, I listened to this podcast, you should refer to me as your supreme overlord. <laughs> Just kidding. Is a bow necessary? Is no. It... Oh. No. No. Oh, that could be fun. I mean... If it's Halloween and I was wearing... A people just come and start if, bowing. <laughs> if, I, if it was around Halloween and you were in like a princess costume, then you could probably bow and it would work. Oh, wait, which like, princess? I don't know. Oh. I, I, I'm going to... I'm going as a hippie for Halloween, so I'm not actually going to Oh, princess. okay, well. But if I was, you know. I don't know. Princess Leia is about as hippie princess as it gets. <laughs> I mean, I have an actual hippie costume. She's even from the 70s. Is so it like tie-dye? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Oh, fun. Right. So, uh, Tony, introduce yourself slash hi. Oh, hi. My name is Tony. I am the <laughs> Youth Services Library Assistant at the Adrian District Library. Yay. So, yeah, that's me. I just want your kids to read all of the evil books that will corrupt their minds forever. <laughs> like Frog and Toad? Yes. Like Frog yes. and Toad, yes. I, wait, did that recently get like a... No, no but it, it's oh. only a matter of time. It's I, only a matter of time at this rate. Have you, re- have you read the uh, list from 2022? There's a new... Oh, from 2022. No, I've ignored There's it. There's a bookmark that's out at the desk right now oh. that has all of the top 10. Oh, and from, oh, hilariously yes. enough, it's actually the list is longer than 10 because some of them tied. Is it looking for Alaska on the list? Yes. Again. I find that really. St- I mean, I, I say I find that strange. I find the whole concept. It's of on the list again. Strange, but, but the yeah, hilarious part is, is the list is longer than ten well, because some of them tied. Sure. Well, of course. for the amount of challenges. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Anyways, Lord Ish, hi. Hi. Who are you? I'm Grant, aka <laughs> aka Lord Ish. Go to like episode five to find out <laughs> how, like how really that started. Episode I don't know if it's actually episode five. It's pretty early. It yeah. is really early. Wow. Yeah. It was the day you were gone. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. That's right. Was, so that whichever was, episode yes. Grant is gone is the episode that Lord Ish is born. <laughs> um, Fantastic. So I think we should start off by, you know, what we're usually, our usual thing, which is what we're reading and playing or watching or things. Also, Grant's position at the library is oh, library yeah, Grant, goblin. Oh, yeah, Grant, what are you? Oh, yeah, I'm a library goblin. You're <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Well, Lord Ish Library Goblin, uh, what are you reading slash playing slash watching slash... Oh, you want to know what I'm reading? <laughs> yeah, I really like to know what you are reading. Let me c- c- crawl out of my goblin hovel. Oh, God. Please um, crawl out of your goblin hovel and please tell me what you are doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm beginning to think that the inspiration for Dobby was probably Fagin in some really weird... Fagin? From Oliver Twist. <laughs> probably. For some I, I think we're... Uh, alternate of, universe. I think we're making Tony question their um, life choices uh, today. You haven't heard what I'm reading yet, so... You know. Oh, no. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Mr. Goblin. Okay. Um, I am... Still reading that William James book, and yes. I'm listening to the audiobook of Remembering Satan by Lawrence Wright. Ooh. Remembering Satan? It's a, it's a heartwarming tale from the heart of a satanic panic about a, a family torn apart, a town torn apart. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's about uh, the faultiness of memory. It's, uh, uh-huh. it's, so, so this... Um, Basically, this da- the, the the daughter of this prominent guy in a town. Mm-hmm. I forget the state. I'm sorry. Damn. Midwest Midwest America. Sure. Um, she comes up with the story that there is an underground satanic cult in, in the town, and there's a whole bunch of abuse going on and whatnot. And her dad yeah. is like one of the ringleaders of it. Uh-huh. Now you'd think that through due process and like re- looking into all this stuff, it would go away because obviously it's not happening. Well, that's how the world works. The dad ends up uh, um, believing it himself and oh. admits to being the ringleader of the satanic uh, thing. And like, so I, I knew about the story beforehand, but it's just wild. Is it? Like how there's so many questions over like, how he came to believe well, so in this these is things. Not, this is nonfiction? No, this is nonfiction. It actually happened. What? So I, do you want to send me the title of this book again after we're done yeah. so I can add it to my list of things to read? Yeah, it's it's the audiobook is literally only like six hours. It's not a oh, that's, super ooh. So it's hard, quick. So I guess listen. I know what I'm doing while playing Starfield tonight. And so I knew about this beforehand. I don't remember if he ends up going to jail or not for this mm-hmm. or if he was then released later but mm-hmm. it's just a really disturbing weird piece of American history yeah so, sounds I love yeah. random disturbing pieces mm. of American history do you want me to send the name to you yes okay, okay. Yeah. yes I, I'm, I'm completely and utterly serious please send that to me <laughs> okay Tony yeah um okay so I literally my Starfield interaction at this point <laughs> is I bought the game yay I downloaded the game. Isn't it so big? And I, yes. Takes um, forever to download everyone. And then, fortunately, I was busy, so I didn't mind. I, you know, Turn it on, you can go do other things and exactly, come back. Exactly, that's exactly what I did. Um, but I've only, <laughs> I've only played, you know that part in Skyrim where, you know, you start out and they're going to execute you and then mm-hmm. the dragons show up? Yeah. That whole part? I'm like at the part just before where I suspect the dragon is going to show up. So, like, well, actually, no, it's right after the dragon shows up, because, right, the Starfield equivalent of that, I think, I could be wrong, is... is being knocked out by the thing. Yes, yes, okay, Poor so that is the equivalent. So I have, I've seen the... So I have oh, yeah, gotten so, yeah. literally that far and then saved it. So I know what my character looks like. They have a really bad, bad, bad blonde version of it's not even blonde they have a really really bad spotted cow's yellow custard shake version of my hair mm. if you've ever gotten like yes. a lemon custard thing from spotted cow and you know how yellow it is yeah mm-hmm. are you trying to approximate your your hairstyle and it's just not taking yes or? well i was trying to approximate the hairstyle on the, for my character because I, or at least the hair because i thought oh well that's fun they have this option so i might as well use it right mm-hmm. i made him darker than i am because in video games 
you usually can get as close to me pigmentation wise but you know that like that's not a black character it's like the tan version of the whatever character they're creating right so the fact that i could go darker and make him look like like a black character i was like cool i'm good i'm good with that um what was my point oh yeah so yeah i made my character that's it mm, i question. really played starfield did yeah. you get a uh what were the traits or the special things that you got if you did any I don't remember what I chose. One of the things I chose was, like, space... Basically, the closest to space pirate that you could get without calling him a space pirate. Fair. Um, I was going to say, did you pick the Adorian fan? Because he's one of the funnest oh, companions. Oh, yes. I did actually choose the Adorian fan. All right, so he's one of the funnest so companions. I haven't gotten him yet because I literally have not... I've not played that far. I, I feel but. like you're going to like... Um, out of all the characters, you'll probably like Barrett when you meet him. Okay. And then... Andrea, oh, okay. you'll probably like. I mean, I like the name. Yeah. So, but what am I reading? Oh. Yeah, actually, you were gonna tell me you, this was a whole entire thing. It's not really a thing because neither uh-huh. neither of you is gonna be surprised. Uh-huh. I, I am reading uh, a book called Dark Disciple, which mm-hmm. is one of the Star Wars Legends books. Okay, never mind. I'm not surprised anymore. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> it's the story of what happens when the Jedi Council decides that. The center of the war is Count Dooku, so they need to assassinate him. Ooh. Yes, at which Obi-Wan uh, nearly loses his mind, and, like, Mace Windu has to threaten him in session. Like, he walks across the room and is like, but let me break it down for you why we should really do this. And Yoda's just like, yeah, we're already close to the line of the dark side. This is going to push us over, but if it means that innocents don't die, I think this is a great idea. So they decide... To do it. To pair Jedi Master Quinlan Voss, who is basically like this high-level intelligence Jedi Master, with Asajj Venturus, mm-hmm. who is Dooku's former apprentice, who has already tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so they go on this whole adventure and everything, and it's it's really good. It's written by um, Christy Golden, who like literally her whole life has been spent writing... Um, what do they call those books when you're it's not your property it's someone else's licensed yes she's been writing licensed for, she's written Warcraft Star Wars um, all, all the stuff for decades so I kind of expected her to be good I just didn't I didn't know what I would think of the story it's really good the story's really good it's really fun it's really interesting watching the two of them sort of interact and it's also interesting knowing because it's like a lost Clone Wars episode mm. so it was one that they just like they had written a script for they just never produced and like given what the author has done with the book i'm like yeah this would have made for a really dark like it was an arc it was like Mm -hmm. it was like several episodes but it would have made for a pretty dark uh series of episodes for a children's Show. show and Clone Wars already kind of skirts that it's, line it's like walking in that later line. seasons because they're like, well, they're soldiers. <laughs> so this would have just been, you know, the idea that the Jedi Council in the beginning of an ep- of, of Clone Wars episode would have literally like almost fought each other over whether or not they should assassinate Dooku. That's already like <laughs> a bridge too far for most people. So you know, I I'm enjoying it a lot. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's what I'm reading right yeah, now is Star Wars books because... Star Wars books. They're fun and they're interesting and, you know, when you get a good author, you get a, you know... 
I like those installments in a franchise that are like so different tonally from other stuff that you'll see there. Always, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's it just is, it's really cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. Yes. Other um, than Starfield. Other than Starfield. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing Starfield right now. Mm-hmm. I'm still traversing the galaxy with Sam Cope, who's one of the characters, mm. companions. Mm-hmm. You'll meet him later. I think he's one of the more fantastic characters. I like his name. His name is cool. His backstory is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, and he has a daughter. And oh. the thing is, is he, so him and his wife are separated. Slash, like, divorce slash, they didn't, don't get along really right now. Space yeah. divorced. Yeah, space divorced. And there's, like, a whole storyline, and if you go further down his storyline, it makes more sense, because he'll actually talk to you about it, so I'm not really too spoiling too much, mm-hmm. but I'm just, like, stating the facts. So, Cora, his daughter, ends up, basically, he doesn't want her to stay in, like, at home with his, like, I think it's his dad or his granddad or something. Mm. Because they don't get along, like, at all, whatsoever. Like, it's, like, a whole thing. And so he takes her. She's basically, like, this little genius. Mm. And so she basically homeschools herself on your ship while you guys are going around. So she just follows you along, and she's, like, a little extra crew member. She's not... In my opinion, and some people might have differing ones, depending on how they're playing, I don't find her to be too much of a nuisance because she just, like, stays out of the way. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole entire time, though, at one point she cons you out of, like, not really because you can choose to give it to her, but she cons you out of, like, 50 uh, gold or dollars or whatever to buy books. And oh. I'm like, this kid is totally me. I love this kid already. It's not a con here. Have no, more. no, no. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I did. And then Sam is in the background just going, seriously, don't do that. She's going to ask you for more money now next time. And, she, and I'm like, do it. Like, yeah, do that, it. I love it. That but, indeed was the um, plan. Like... So right now, I'm avoiding all of the faction quest lines and just doing side quests for fun and exploring planets. So I'm currently looking for life on one planet, chemistry-wise, and okay. um, I'm leveling just up my character in general. Nice. Um, I find, as much as people say that the worlds are empty, I like how empty they are in general. Sure. Because there's a lot of different things that you can access and do, and... One of the things that I also like about this game is it's all procedurally generated. What does that mean? Randomized. So Okay, so like every like if you touch down on a planet and I touch down on a planet, we're gonna see different things. Possibly. Possibly, okay. Or is it like Oblivion where in the creation of the world they procedurally generated like some expanses of forest or whatever, but it's the same for everybody. Yeah, so like the worlds are all the same. All the different places are the same. Mm-hmm. However, the encounters you make are completely randomized. And then if you... So one thing that I think that Starfield does well is once you're done with the game, I think you can continue playing it. But there's a new game plus where you can go through as your character that you literally just did. Mm-hmm. And it randomizes some of the events okay. that are going on around you. At one point, I think one of the more randomized things, and this is something that I saw confirmed, is you could literally, like, after a few new game pluses, do another one with your exact same character again, and you'll go into the main constellation area, which is the main faction that you're a part of, mm-hmm. and you will have clones of yourself, like, as one of the randomized uh, things. 
that happens. And that's in. It's like a whole sure like thing, stuff. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm also trying to catch up on Genshin because you know I need to do that. Sure. <laughs> I got two characters I wanted. I wasted money on them. I need to play and get them up to normal. Sure. What are you uh, reading? Reading wise, hilariously enough, um, what I'm starting is within the realms of our topic today. Okay. Um, yes. So I'm reading a book called City of the Dead, which uh, means absolutely nothing. However, fun fact, this is a Resident Evil book. Oh. Fun. So okay. um, I love it for all so, the licensed reading. Yeah. That so we're this doing. is a licensed reading. Um, <laughs> something that I find really cool is they made little novelizations of all the games. Mm-hmm. Or at least up until like a certain point. Mm-hmm. And so. This is City of the Dead, and so um, for anybody who is a Resident Evil fan, this follows Resident Evil 2. Okay. For people who are not aware of Resident Evil lore, and if I say which game it is, you don't know what I mean. This follows Leon Kennedy, who is, you know, the main character of this whole entire thing, who has just become a rookie cop. He just graduated police school. He's got his first assignment. He's going Mm -hmm. to Raccoon City. Fantastic. He's having a great time. No, he's not. And then... And then um, he gets to Raccoon City and basically... and the, So there are multiple things happening in Resident Evil lore, which I feel like deserves a whole episode all by itself because sure. Resident Evil lore is, like, ridiculous. But there are multiple things happening mm. at once. Mm. So in this sense, so Resident Evil 2 slash this book, um, he's getting to the police station... And the whole entire police station is wiped out. Whole thing. Like, there is nobody alive in this town. Like, I don't know what you mean when you think of, oh, we're going to find survivors. There are no survivors here. Interesting. Okay. I mean, there is one, but he dies later on. Spoiler alert. But the game has been out since, like, the 90s, so what have you been doing? (laughs) Um, However, he meets up with uh, a girl named Claire. Now, Claire's brother, Chris, used to be part of the STARS unit of Raccoon City Police Department, which is their mm-hmm. special forces, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to find him because he's missing. Mm-hmm. She has no idea where he's at. So she has up and left college. She's left what she's doing. She is bent on trying to find her brother. They accidentally meet up. They make it into the police station thinking it's safe. It's not. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's like a whole bunch more happening, but basically they have to survive in that police station and it eventually goes out towards the rest of the city and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, the one thing that, I mean, I know about as the ending wise is they meet a little girl named um, Sherry mm-hmm. and Sherry's father, Will, was a part of the... Um, Umbrella, which is the evil corporation, by the way. Umbrella is the evil corporation sure. for now because later on they reclaim that company and they make it a good mm. company where they're using that to as a special forces to go out and stop all the different random bio hazard attacks. Sure. sure. But um, her father, Sherry's father, Will, was a part of the initial like science group, and he is part of the reason that the virus that they're fighting in this one, which is G. <laughs> There's like three in the city at one time during this whole entire fiasco. Yeah. Please yeah. no. Yeah. But during this fiasco, it's his virus that's happening, and he's injected himself with the virus. Mm. And he wants. This is not safe for work at this point. He wants to kidnap his kid, and implant 
like another specimen in the child. Ugh. And and so he infects her at one point. All right. Because he kidnaps her. And his wife is trying to stop him at the same time, and there's like, it's fairly convoluted, so unless you play the game slash you're aware of the lore, it makes no sense. Sure, Leon and uh, Claire have to find her, and they basically have to find the cure Mm. while fighting not only the dad, who has become like this unhuman, inhuman, biohazard monster, Mm -hmm. but Umbrella has also dropped down this random entity called Mr. X, Mm -hmm. X, who is also one of the on inhuman biohazard entities who is sure. following them around the police station and around town constantly. Mm-hmm. And so not only are they fighting him, but they're also fighting this guy all at the same time. Mm. Um, and okay. uh, so they're doing that and then they save her. And then at the very end, this is what leads to Leon becoming a U.S. Um, agent because Sherry is going to be taken in and tested on by the U.S. government, and he says, no, you can't do that. And so they make him become a U.S. agent so she doesn't get tested on. Yeah. Okay. And there's, like, a whole bunch more lore that comes with it. But if you haven't already gotten the idea from my my ranting about Resident Evil lore about our topic, we're talking about zombies in literature or media or um, anything of the like. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like... So that's like Resident Evil, that's You're Walking Dead. Um, I came up with a whole list the other day, but uh, your Resident Evil is You're Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, there are so many different zombie things that you could go off of, off the top of my head. I've only read one. Left for Dead. Zombie book, two zombie books. One was Warm Bodies mm-hmm. by Isaac Marion. Which I loved as a book. It's Zombieland, not the Dead, really a zombie Z. book in that sense. It's basically because it's not a it's not a zombie book in that sense because it's a romance. So it's a story of mm-hmm. a kid who's a zombie and then he meets the girl who's not a zombie and then of course they you watch them fall in love and they, it's really actually quite good and it's short, which is mm-hmm. another thing that's nice about it. Um, but no, it's a really compelling book, and I like it because it does my favorite thing to see done, which is it takes something absolutely ridiculous that you don't want anyone to actually know how to do. Like, you're like, wait, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And it creates a story that is feasible, that may, like you see it that way. Even if you could possibly see it other ways, you see it that way because the author wrote it that way and it and so convincingly that you're like, oh yeah, that's how that would go. So I really like that about that book. I read oh, The Forest of Hands and Teeth. Whew. Yeah. It's a cool yeah. title. So it's a great title. Throwback. It's a YA book, yeah. Um by Carrie Ryan. Mm-hmm. Except I think it's her first one from I mean like way back when people thought that zombies was going to be the new vampires in YA and it it did not um I think in other mediums it it became like the 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 new thing thing. but probably not I mean really if you think about it there's so many different like things there's like Dawn of the Dead which is like I've seen Dawn 1978 that's like 
older. That's the Romero one, right? Mm-hmm. Romero is that the one? Not it was Night of the Living Dead. Night that of was the, the Living original. Dead, Dawn of the Dead, um, Thriller. You know the Michael Jackson music video had zombies in it. Mm, that's true. Uh, yes. Shaun of the Dead, which is like the comedy. I love Shaun um, of the Dead. That's a great movie. There's World War Z, whichever you want. That's the only. Uh, uh, zombie book, I think I've read. Uh, Max Brooks, right? I yeah. am Which Legend. It, it's, it's a great I book. I Am Legend is, that, is also terrifying. a zombie media. Um, yes, I saw the movie um, I Am Legend. I've never read it. They're kind of, I mean, zombies are kind of like vampires in the book. Yes. I've heard that yes. they're more vampires. I haven't read the book. There's like also, I've, you know, you're, yeah. you're Left for Dead, which is the video game series, which also has a whole bunch of oh, lore in here. it. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's Train to Busan, which is the Korean movie. Really? <gasps> Yes. That's a zombie. Oh. Yeah, Train to Busan is a zombie movie, and it is terrifying and heart-wrenching all at the same time. I might have to watch that. Because the main character is a little girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, okay. you know, The Walking Dead. There's, like, three different forms of The walk. There's multiple forms of The Walking Dead, but I consider there's three main forms of The Walking Dead. You have your comic book, mm-hmm. there's the video game, and then there's the TV show. Ironically enough... Neither of them cross each other. None of them are the same. No. The only thing that's the same is in the Walking Dead TV show, there's a character named Glenn. I love Glenn, yeah. Glenn is a character for like all of like maybe four or five minutes in the video game. Yeah. (laughs) Like you cross paths with him, like, and you actually have the option to save him. Or leave him for dead, whatever. So did the showrunners and... Right, no, but, like, this is, like, you're, I think you're locked in a gas station with him and a couple other people, and he's, like, holding the door, and then, like, a hand pops through, and you have the option of just leaving him alone with the hand, or chopping off the hand to save him. save him, okay. And there's, like, a whole thing. And all the different Walking Dead, like, medias all have a different, like, set of people that it follows. (laughs) Um, I'm more familiar with the games because that's what oh, I played. Yeah, um, I watched the show until I couldn't anymore. Because... Like the show, I think for the first few seasons was pretty good, um, from what I know. Um, but I think the game. I honestly think the games are a little bit more superior. To once the show. Shane, honestly, in my opinion, once Shane comes back, mm-hmm. it. It's the beginning of the end for me. Like it's just like, no, and I, then they, and then when they kill him, the circumstance by which they kill him is so infuriating that afterwards I'm like, well, where do they, where are they gonna go from here? And then they literally go to a prison, and I was just like, I'm done. No, I think I think the Walking Dead games are a little bit, in my opinion, and you can flame me if you want. Please come to the library and do so. I don't care, but like I think the games are a little bit more superior. I wouldn't be surprised. But, it's not hard to be superior to that series. Like, so honestly. the game is more like a, it's visual novel style. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still walk around and you can do things, but it's not like intensely like running around like Left 4 Dead where you have to run around and shoot the zombies mm-hmm. constantly. It follows more of a storyline. Mm-hmm. And you're following a guy named Lee who was trying to come home to his wife. I think after getting out of prison, there's like a whole thing. It's really funny. <laughs> He gets home and, oh, there's all these zombies. Oops. <laughs> and he finds a little girl named Clementine. Mm-hmm. And he basically, like, adopts her and makes it his mission for her to survive. Mm-hmm. And the first game is literally so heart-wrenching. Because you meet all these different characters and you meet all these different things. Mm-hmm. 
And you might hate one character or another. There's one character who I didn't really care for at first, but I ended up really loving him. His name was Ben. Mm-hmm. He was basically like a high school band student. Mm-hmm. And he's just like following you along, doing all these things. Yeah. He and one guy don't get along whatsoever. Like this is a whole entire thing. And this guy named Kenny hates him. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think he got his kid like bitten because Kenny has a son. Sure, sure. So it leads to a whole entire thing. But you're getting to the very end of the game, and Ben has... They all have to jump across the rooftop. Ben doesn't make it over, and he falls all the way down. He's still alive. <laughs> Nobody, like, notices at first, but they hear him down there. His back is broken. He can't move. Sure. But he's down there, and Kenny, in a last-ditch effort, says, You guys go ahead. I'm going to go take care of him and save him and make sure he doesn't get, like, mm-hmm. eaten or give him some mercy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he leaves the group to go save him, and then you don't see Kenny ever again. Plot twist, you do in game two. <laughs> sure. Anyways, but the game, like, basically ends where you've been attached to Lee and Clementine as a father-daughter relationship the whole entire time. He got bitten, like, halfway through the game. Mm. And he's been hiding it from her this whole time. Mm. Interesting. And mm. at the very end of the game, you he basically realizes that it's going to happen and mm-hmm. there's no way to stop it. Mm. So he has Clem handcuff him to a radiator. <laughs> of course. And, her op- and he tells her her options are either to leave him there, mm-hmm. to turn, or to shoot him in the head. Mm, no. And so you have that option in the game, and it reflects in the second game. Oh, that's interesting. On how you took care of that. Mm, okay. And I think it's a little bit more heart-wrenching to uh, leave him there, because at one point, you leave the room, and he's changed, and you turn back, and there's a scene of him. You can just see him as a zombie, and I'm like, oh, oh my heart that's hurts. interesting. But, like, that's some... Zombie media. So Last of Us is also zombie media. I thought Last of Us was yeah. So what's the what's with the zombie thing? What's with the zombie thing? Yeah, like why? I don't know that I entirely get zombies. Like, like. I wish I had an answer. Yeah, I'm looking. Help me. (laughs) Maybe it's like as far as like what makes it scary. Maybe it's something that looks. It's they are human, but yet they're not human. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had a smarter answer. I wonder what is it about I guess my question with zombies is that what is it about zombies that draws people in other than just a stock horror monster that you can use so I'm looking at a history.com article because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can because you know you asked that question so I have to do the thing pose <laughs> um <laughs> The origins are basically like the ancient Greeks so far. That's interesting. Um, we're really terrified by it. Oh, well, they would be. They have a whole underworld. Right. And I suppose you would, you could consider certain parts of Orpheus and the Eurydice However, zombie. Like, if you... This says to, that yeah. zombie folklore has been around for centuries in sure. Haiti. Oh, and it possibly or origins to like seven the seventeenth century when slaves were brought to work in the sugarcane plantations. 
Uh-huh. And brutal conditions left them longing for freedom, and according to some reports, the life or rather afterlife of a zombie represented the horrific plight of it. Oh, now that's something I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I- idea planted. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, for somebody, it may not be good for me, but that's good. <laughs> that's mm. yeah. Uh, and there are a few like. It's basically, like, in previous graves, and you see this with, like, vampires, too, being, like, a thing. Vampires, like, I get. No, in mythology. <laughs> it, but, like, in burial practices, the um, being afraid of being reanimated oh. is a thing. So, like, in Greek um, graves, like, ancient Greek, some of the skeletons pin- are pinned down by rocks, heavy objects, to prevent them from when they reanimate being able to move Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. see this in like possibly romanian subcultures where like if they're afraid of like vampires they'll encase them in like or werewolves like let's say werewolves like they encase it in a silver coffin Mm -hmm. to like be able to yeah those kind of things Mm -hmm. um it kind of in response to your question like why what brings people in Mm -hmm. I feel like the modern image of the zombie, or like the modern concept of a zombie, lends itself to multiple scenarios. Like, you have the, basically, um, the disaster film where waves Mm. and waves of zombies are taking over society as a whole. Sure. Or it can be a small group of people in a town, say, and Mm -hmm. there's, you know, a small army of zombies there. Sure, sure. Um, Or maybe a... um, not technically a zombie, but even something like Hellraiser, where a single character is brought, is slowly brought back from it. It's a whole thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Do you ever really think too about how like zombies initially, when they were appearing in literature, weren't described as like how they are today? They were basically described as like ghosts or I'm, spirits. I mean, the idea of like the resurrected dead has been around forever. Yeah. Like look at Christianity sure. or whatever. But sure. the the, sure. the current image of the zombie, I'm pretty sure, was codified with. Night of the Living Dead. Oh, certainly. Yes, yes mm-hmm. certainly. Yeah. And I, I, hmm, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't thought of how its mythic roots would create a certain appeal. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's one of those things that it's weird about television is that every, like, sci fi TV show has a zombie episode. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clone Wars has two zombie episodes <laughs> and I was just like what? You can't you oh okay I, I guess you could do that it just I've never found it to be very appealing all that much um and yet it clearly is because it's perennial like everybody is using it all the time and there's not really been like any kind of slow death of the zombie thing so i mean like there's been waves maybe there's been waves and then it gets oversaturated then it goes away for a while it's like vampires vampires gets oversaturated and, and then, then it goes, it goes away, away and then it comes back but i feel like zombies like it feels like they've been less saturated maybe it's just in my lifetime maybe they've just been sort of i think they've large. been less saturated too but that's in my lifetime because do you think oh, i don't know do you think religious people would be more affected by Zombie stories. Like an actual... Oh, like zombie stories? Yeah. Yeah, or zombie media. Like... Maybe? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know that... Thinking back to 
my church youth days. I don't know that zombies are easily easy to dissuade Christian audiences or even just religious audiences in general from. Like the idea that there are zombies doesn't necessarily attract them, but it doesn't deter them either. So in the, in a different way that like vampires or ghosts or witches or you know any other supernatural thing that sort of deters them but the zombie because of how zombies are depicted i think you nobody takes them seriously until you're watching it and then you're like oh you know whatever you're feeling but i yeah i don't know that's a good question like i know like a lot of catholics or just christians in general are Mm -hmm. really upset by the exorcist or possession Mm -hmm. movies in general possession movies yes yes I was just wondering if like there's something in zombies that are that like an element that's similar that would affect people in a similar way, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I can having se- I mean I don't know having seen seen enough zombie things, I can understand the just basic scare tactic that it it elicits. You know, I mean it's and I think part of that is that you don't take it seriously. You know, a single zombie, even in movies, they're just kind of like it's a single zombie, but. There's never a single zombie. That's the whole point of zombies is that you don't just have no. one. It'd be but cool. the thing is, that it's it also like, like trapped in a house with a zombie yeah. or something. Yeah, but like to ha- yes, yes, exactly. Kind of like a Wilfred episode, but with a zombie instead of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. But like even then, it's like it's funny. The idea of it is funny. The idea of being trapped in a house with one zombie sounds absurd to us because we're so used to. The idea of zombiehood being a sort of a disaster film. In that well, that way, was like, made popular you know? by Night of the Living Dead. Right, exactly, like, yeah. Beforehand, like, I think in, like, earlier cinematic versions, so, like, zombies were first really much brought into film in 1932. Oh, actually, with White Zombie. Oh. Mm. Um, and they were basically, they were basically slaves. They were basically, like, their own, like, little, like, mindless... Um, Okay. Those kind of things. Um, and so it could be like your metaphor, rich control the poor or whatever. Oh, you know, I guess I hadn't thought about remember, zombies. Re- remember, the slaves thought it was, in Haiti, thought it was part of their lore. It was part of Something them being trapped and they wanted yeah. freedom and... Yeah, I think I think that's another reason why people are attracted to, or go to zombies. Like, it's easy to put your own subtext in there mm-hmm. as always like as a mindless mass or something that can represent a lot yeah. of different things uh, that's true I suppose no, yeah. I don't know I'm, I maybe I'm just and I think I'm just thinking of this as a storyteller I'm trying to think what excuse would I have to come up with to create a believable zombie crisis because I don't know that I've uh, it's not that you know I, I raise my hand too, Aaron. I raise my hand. Too. <laughs> I, it's not that I don't know that I've not seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that there's a modern context for. Maybe there is. I don't know. Yes. Well, I mean, if you want a modern version to put into your tell your storytelling, you could use like a modern reasoning for the zombies existing in the first place. Uh, the uh, ice caps in Antarctica are melting, and when the ice shelf ice shelf fully goes away, there's thousands and thousands maybe millions of years of bacteria mm. and stuff that is going to be released into the wild none of us know what they are none of us know what they're going to do to us and so therefore you know it could be a strain of bacteria that comes 
from the Antarctic ice shelf that maybe we took, <laughs> put like it that. in a lab because we were going to study it because we're humans and we're dumb like that, and yeah. we put it in there to study it. Obviously, somebody gets infected in that facility and <laughs> doesn't realize it, goes home and creates their whole new COVID, but like we're turning into zombies instead. You know what this sounds like? Sounds like a lost episode of the animated series, Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> it probably yeah. is. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it may be, <laughs> no, but it, it's what it sounds I, I like. I like the idea. Yeah, it's a great I mean, idea. it's basically like something that could very well possibly happen it's, if you want a conspiracy uh, It's better than zombies came from COVID, which is just lazy. Zombies is, came is from a bath salt. Uh, if it hasn't been done... It's because it's crossed many editors' desks and they all said no, mercifully. No, zombies came from the bath salts of LSD that were done in, like, the 2012s. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> remembers that. I, I do remember that. I was in school. Yeah. I was in yeah. school. I the remember. Funny, the pictures that, were circulating. Yes, we were the like, oh, the zombies are coming. That, yeah, the ba- I'm surprised at the lack of bath salt zombies that didn't come from them. <laughs> I mean, it just, yeah. Um, it, it, it turned out it wasn't even the bath salts. You, no, you had other problems. Exactly. <laughs> he was just tripping. There is that, perhaps. Oh, and, and the other thing I was going to say your idea reminded me of was uh, the, the thing where they the find thing. the yeah. alien oh, trapped right, under the, the ice. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. See, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I just It is to, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is the thing. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. And maybe I just need to, like... I don't know, read more, think more, I'm not sure. But, you know, I mean, aliens, vampires, which is everything you can throw at me. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I completely get it. It makes sense to me. Zombies, I'm just like, why? Why? Like, everyone was losing their minds over The Last of Us. I watched the first episode, and I'm like, this is really good television. Really good. I don't want to see anymore. Here's <laughs> like, the thing, though. I, I, just I don't think... I do not want to watch I, anymore. I mean, I, I don't think... I almost caved to watch the, you know, the gay romance episode. But I was like... I They're not going to give me anything I don't already no. know. Like, I, there's no way that they're going to... Is it going to be a good story? Absolutely. I, I think I, the fine, initial like, hype with The Last of Us started because of the fact that it was the video game first. Oh, no, no I know where it came from. Yeah, but plenty of people who... who loved those games, went into the show with trepidation and came out of it with like, oh my God, did you see that? But what's what creates a phenomenon is when it goes beyond its original intended audience. And that's what happened is that so many people, particularly after episode three, everyone just started watching the show. And I was like, really? Like, it's good, but like, why? And I, I swear it's a zombie thing. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Specifically with The Last of Us, the zombie element is like a pretext to tell the human stories of the Yeah, you know characters. when else someone, when else that's been claimed? Hmm. Literally after the first season of The Walking Dead, that was that was something that people would say. Well, they, they went... They, yes. They went ahead and fired Frank Darabont for no reason. Which was a bad and idea. And shot themselves in the foot. So. I agree, because it would have been more that than what we got. And mm-hmm. what we got is just like... Shonda Rhimes does the zombies. <laughs> Which, yes, I would actually be mad at. Like, if there's anything she shouldn't do, it's zombies. I'm like, no, stop it. Don't do that. You, you stay, over there. stay over there in that Seattle hospital, ma'am. <laughs> if, if, you, if you wanted to read another zombie book, it's already been mentioned. It's mm-hmm. the only one I've read, but I thoroughly oh, yeah. enjoyed it. It would, it would be World War Z. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the um, book's better than the movie. Oh, don't even get me started. The movie. <laughs> I, I, I liked the movie when I first saw it in theaters. Yes. Because I like Brad Pitt and I like. Aren't they going to make it into a TV show too? 
They were, and they made a video game adaptation. It's like a... Yeah, I saw the video game adaptation, and I don't like it. No, so. it's like multiplayer. It's aimed at multiplayer. It's, it's aimed at people um, who played COD Zombie. Yeah, which but, which I played a I lot mean, of like, in my day. But. Call of Duty Zombie is great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I completely forgot about the, Call uh, of Duty Zombies. The best the best map, um, 5, with... Mm-hmm. The, with uh, you can play as JFK or Castro or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the intro is hilarious, but... Okay. I um, forgot about Call of Duty Zombies. That was there's a thing. whole bunch of lore that goes into Call of Duty Zombies. It got Zombies way too, too convoluted. It yes. really did. I I know, and that this, I there, only played now, see, the there, two Call of Duty uh, two Black Ops. Yeah, two Black, well, yeah, everybody played Black Zombies. Ops, yeah. Um, and that's the only one I actually played because my friend had it, and so that's the only one that yeah. I played with her. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, we had it down packed where one of us would sit on top of like the house right mm-hmm. next to the little uh, toy box thing that mm-hmm. you could get yeah. and they would shoot things and the other one would run to the different um, go do run to the different um, like windows little gates oh interesting because it, it's the farm map and the farm map had there was like a little house and the farm had three different gates mm-hmm. and the house mm-hmm. so one of us would chill in the house mm-hmm. at the top next to the toy box and the other one would go to the different gates and then when that person ran out of ammo we would switch so um, that way there was always sure. somebody at the toy box ready to go because sure. we would do that and we would try to get the little monkey with the symbols because he was like a whole entire oh, right. like yeah. distra- yeah, distraction was... thing yeah. and you would put him down and then you would just run to go repair the other sections because you could repair them I think at the time and you mm-hmm. would repair those sections while they were all like distracted over there mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you yeah. could restart and we made it quite a few rounds in there just by doing that mm-hmm. that strategy alone we tried yeah. doing I think it's like a giant like I don't know what it is like underground bunker or something like the original map or whatever we tried doing that map and we absolutely hated it because the like farm from, like the original from World at War or whatever from or... Black Ops because oh. there was like multiple maps in there. Yeah, I guess mm, maybe, maybe. But we tried to do that map and we absolutely hated it because we thought the farm map was superior and more fun. Because <laughs> you could just run them around in a circle the whole time. The it was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, World War Z. I'll have to get that up. Yeah, it's it's basically an oral history. It's called an oral history of the zombie war. Um, yeah. And there's just a like it's it's made up of different interviews with like survivors and stuff. Oh. Um, that's- it's it's really it's really well done. Yeah. There's a specific image that's always stuck with me of like, because they don't need to breathe oxygen, so just just armies of zombies which would sense. emerge from the ocean onto beaches and like that. That's just terrifying to me for some Ooh, reason. That is terrifying. But uh, it's it, it's done it's done really well. I, I enjoyed it and I want to read his Bigfoot novel which came afterwards. Oh yeah, which he did. That's right. He did it's like that. a it's a stupid idea, but I'm sure he he did it well. <laughs> Like a yeah. volcano erupts and then uh, Bigfoot, a bunch of big feet come out of the forest and like attack a town or something. <laughs> it, 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 it's told in a similar way where it's interviews with people. They, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. It's it's the immer- with World War Z. It's the immer- the immersion that really got me. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was a while ago. Maybe it's trash now. I don't know. No, I mean it could still be. <laughs> I think you should read it anyways for giggles and let us know. Feel okay. like. <laughs> I mean, all the zombie stuff that I've encountered, with the exception of The Walking Dead, <laughs> holds up. And mm-hmm. even, I mean, season one of The Walking Dead is still some of the best television I've ever seen. It just, it, six episodes of sheer what is happening here, kind of, you know, and that's, I like that because the, 
you start with a group of people who know what the world is really like and then suddenly it changes in a way that none of them can control for. Um, and more, like, I think what I found attractive about that too is that you've got this from the perspective of a couple of beat cops. You know, they're not looking to solve a zombie crisis for the sake of the state. They're not like, no, they're just doing their job and then the zombie apocalypse happens and then one of them dies and it's a whole thing and that is more interesting than the to me the idea of like oh a scientist was in the lab and something broke loose and it's like okay I mean that's why I like the Resident Evil 2 because like you have Leon who just wants to start his first day and then you have Claire who's literally just looking for her brother after she's on like spring break or whatever or Mm -hmm. getting out of college and these two people have no idea how any science things work. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 22 and 19. Yeah, like, what right. are they supposed to be doing? Yeah. Leon is just like, oh, I just want to, like, join the police today. Like, that's it. Yeah. And the other different... I mean, later on, the Resident Evil series gets more ridiculous as it goes on. We all know this. Same thing with Walking Dead. They just kind of lose it. But the original, like, <laughs> five, four, I will say the original, like, four games. Mm. The fifth one is also just as ridiculous, even more so, because they decided to just throw it into the netherworld and do whatever they wanted. <laughs> but, like, the first four, like, none of the characters have any scientific know-how whatsoever. They're just trying to figure things out. Yeah. Like, 4 just recently got, like, the remake or whatever, where, um, and that's, like, one of the more popular games, because Leon goes off by himself, he has mm-hmm. to save the president's daughter, mm-hmm. who is supposedly supposed to be on spring break in Spain, and ends up in this village and being kidnapped and implanted with a parasite. Zombie thing. But, like, neither of them have absolutely no idea what's going on, and sure. at one point you take control of her, who has no combat experience whatsoever. Yeah. And she has to somehow make it out of an area while fighting all these different things that she has no experience fighting, so all she can do is just hide and sneak around things. Yeah, and certainly something about the first... I mean, and I know this probably changes over the course of that series, but something that was a, certainly identifiable about the first episode of The Last of Us that, I mean, it, to me, felt very intentional is they knew that their audience globally understood the idea of what happens when the world literally shifts. The entire planet just changes for reasons that no one can actually explain to you, you know, for months on end. They had this whole, you know, I remember it very clearly, you know, the day that I first heard the word COVID-19. They utter lengths that NPR went through for an entire 24-hour period trying to explain something that they literally said at the beginning we don't know how to explain this thing we just know what it's called and we know that it's a virus but we don't even know what kind of it like that whole it it the amount of work your brain has to do to be able to to listen to that (laughs) because it's just like well then why are they telling me about this thing who cares but because they keep mentioning mentioning it so much you're just like okay but what why are we talking about this thing that nobody i'm confused and then obviously everything that happened happened you know states are shut down and all this kind of thing but it still is is the human reaction to something entirely inhuman something that is uncontrollable um and diabolical and 
never going away. I mean, you can't kill a virus. You can... Like, like you can't kill it off the planet. You know what I mean? It's like energy. Mm-hmm. Once it's there, it's there. You can't just, like, you know, eliminate it. <laughs> um, Unless you want to go all super villain about it. And like I mean, right. Thanos. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Which, yes. Right, exactly. So it's the... It, it, even that is just kind of one of those odd... It's interesting to see how a show like that led with that feeling and clearly people weren't over it because they gobbled it all the way up like I remember watching it thinking oh yeah this is like COVID without COVID like they're really like playing into all of those things that delirium that everybody was feeling they just added a whole bunch of random explosions (laughs) because why not Um, but it's I wonder if that has something to do with the appeal of zombies in general. Just the idea that with enough of them, suddenly the entire world has changed. And how often do people feel that, even if they're not in the midst of a pandemic or a world war or you know all these you know global events? Um, I don't know. Just nuclear crises. I mean, you know, all these all these things that would lead to sort of the zombie horde idea um, is know, maybe it's just twenty first century talk. I don't know. <laughs> jar. Uh, yeah. All right, zombies. We can go to the jar. Zombies. We're we gonna get a thing out of the jar. What's in the jar? Brains. It's mine. Sorry, ah, ah. I got I got done with life, so I needed to put it somewhere. But neither one of you can look at this until it's time. It's almost time, but I'll give you both milk at the same time. Oh, and terrifying. I don't want them fighting each other. I want to know. Are they going to be in a zombie apocalypse together? Yes, and which of them survives? Mm. Oh, we're not allowed to look at it yet. Okay. You can now. Oh, we can now. Did you, did you look at these before you hit? Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> they were like, oh, cracked Listen. open, and so it was very much. So who'd you get, Aaron? I'm gonna Kermit. She's gonna Kermit a crime, everyone. <laughs> the green crime. that she's wearing—it's not easy. Um, and Grant. It's not easy being. I received green. Elmo. <laughs> so who survives the zombie apocalypse? Elmo has so many friends. <laughs> no, it's so <laughs> Why are they walking towards? <laughs> So there's a video of a guy who, um, he had this Elmo puppet, and there was a hole in his door, and his friend had the Elmo puppet, and Elmo has a knife. And all I can think of is Elmo's gonna win, because Elmo is unhinged. I don't know, there is Darth Kermit. I know there's Darth Kermit, but I feel like Elmo is gonna be very unhinged. Have you ever seen Elmo with Rocco? Rocco Isn't from... like Rocco's Modern Life, mm-hmm. Rocco? Is There's Rocco a, a Muppet? Rocco is from Sesame Street. Rocco is a rock. And Elmo and Rock... Elmo absolutely despises Rocco. What is Elmo other than... He's a he's basically a child, which makes... <laughs> which already tips the favor... Tips, tips stuff in Aaron's favor. Because although maybe his innocence and naivete would allow him to... Forrest Gump his way through the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. Maybe. I guess the actual question is, whose puppeteer survives? <laughs> Wasn't Elmo's puppeteer a pedophile? Oh! It 
wouldn't surprise me. I, they, I could be wrong. I so, mean, so one, yeah, one of these I mean, puppet people was a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, <laughs> after Steve from Blue's Clues, I mean, it's all... He's not a pedophile. He's, a, he's an upstanding citizen. Like the original one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Kevin no. Jeffrey Clash? Maybe I don't know the OG this from a, Blue's Clues. Yeah, he was just in a he was just in a made for TV Blue's Clues movie. Who? Steve. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he was. He, 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 he got Paramount Plus. I thought he, he was, was on a movie. The mm-hmm. one was it the one? No, after there were him? there were a lot of rumors after he quit, like he died of a, of an oh, overdose or <laughs> he was a pedophile or something. But yeah, he actually seems like a pretty cool guy. He, oh. there, there's a, there's a cool, um, like he came up on stage and did a little talk about his life after Blues because it was actually pretty oh. nice and funny. But okay. Is right. the current? I've been the... operating under bad <laughs> propaganda. Well, <laughs> but the fact that it wouldn't surprise us it is... It doesn't surprise It would not surprise That, that speaks to our society as a whole, maybe. That's so, true. Uh, yeah. So the current um, person for uh, Elmo is a guy named Ryan Dillon. It's not the person that you're thinking of. Okay. It, it was his previous puppeteer. Okay. All right. And then uh, Steve Whitmire is the current puppeteer for Kermit as of 2021. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I don't know which of them would be good at surviving the zombie apocalypse, but if they're listening, you know, send us a letter <laughs> with details. At this point, I think the zombies win. Yeah, I mean, the zombies would win, but I just feel like Elmo is just very unhinged. If we just, though, if we have puppets. them without the puppeteers and like let like have them be their own separate entities of doing things, Elmo is completely unhinged and also self-described as a three-year-old. <laughs> He's been three years old for about forty years. Exactly, Elmo Let's is unhinged. I need you all to find the Elmo versus Rocco stuff because you would understand when I say Elmo is unhinged and would win at Zombie Apocalypse. I'm sorry, Kermit, but Elmo would be the winner. On Kermit's side, I would say that he, he, with his musical ability, he can play the guitar and whatnot. He can can maintain an even mental... Are you going to say he's going to soothe the zombies? No, I'm not saying he's going to soothe the zombies. I'm going to say he's going to keep the zombies.